Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Spend this hour with us learning how you can protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of an extended health care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting long-term care planning options available. As a certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott will help you make sense of your options. Now here's your host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott. You know, back when I was in grade school, my best friend at the time uh, was a guy named Chris Shockey. And um, Chris lived about a half mile down the road from me. And we would ride our bikes over to each other's house in the summer and just hang out and spend endless hours uh, doing a whole lot of nothing. And uh, Chris, is, uh, they had like a detached garage at their house. And inside the garage, they had this old um, kind of hatch that you could pull down and there was a ladder so you could get up into the attic. And we like to use that area up there as kind of a clubhouse, you know. It had some carpet laid down in up there and just, you know, a bunch of stuff that his parents had stored up there. But it was just a great little area for us to kind of hang out and and, and waste our days away in the summer. And I remember one summer day laying on the floor of that garage attic talking about how nice it was going to be to be a grown-up. And we would sit there and go back and forth and, and basically talk about, you know, all the advantages of it. And the great thing about being a grown-up when we were, you know, 10 at the time was that we could do whatever we wanted and we wouldn't have to take direction from anybody. Now, mind you, we had just finished up fourth grade. We were both traumatized from our year with Mrs. Wood. Mrs. Wood was our uh, fourth grade English teacher. And she didn't like anybody. And I think she especially disliked myself and, 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 and Chris as well. So when you think about a school teacher, I mean, this was back in the 70s. So think of like this, you know, she was old then. And like, I don't know what she was, maybe 60 or something, but she seemed like she was 90. Um, but she'd walk around with her hair in a bunch. She wore these black shoes that, you know, were more reminiscent of a pair of combat boots, you know, than, you know, there were those black shoes with those really big, thick, heavy soles. And she had a, a, a dress that was just a black dress that would go down to her calves. And she walked around with this wood pointer. And, you know, one of those pointer sticks that you, you tap the, the chalkboard with, and then she would just give you a good wallop every once in a while if you weren't paying attention. And I think I probably averaged a couple good whacks a day uh, in her class. Now, in fair disclosure, I had an older brother that went through the system two years ahead of me, and he was like a tornado, like, well, let's say a tornado on fire. He just didn't play by the rules, and so she really had a dislike for him. So I think that carried over to, uh, you know, her attitude carried over a little bit to me when she was dealing with me in the class. So it wasn't entirely my fault. But anyway, there we were, my friend Chris and I wasting a summer afternoon away, dreaming about how sweet the future is going to be. Why was it going to be sweet? Well, one word, independence. We would be free from the tyranny of having to go to school and being under the control of adults. And at 10 years old, we could not wait. Now, the funny thing is about independence is it's something that we start craving at a very young age. And most of us want it until the day that we die. I mean, survey after survey backs this up when we interview people in retirement. And let's go back for just a second and look at the definition. If, if we look up the word independent, what does independent mean? There's two definitions. The first one is free from outside control, not depending on another's authority. So that's where you are in grade school, right? It's like your, your, your parents are telling you what to do. The teachers are telling you what to do. You're under somebody else's authority all the time. The second definition is not depending on another for livelihood or substance. Now, think about this. You know, that, that's, that's really the example they give of that is I want to remain independent in old age. Now, it's the second definition that becomes so important as we age and we head into retirement, not being dependent on another for livelihood or substance. Now, what my buddy and I didn't know at the, you know, as a 10-year-old was that, you know, what did it actually take to be independent? You know, we were still dreaming at that point about simply not having to go to school, not having to put up with the teachers, but we didn't have a true definition of what independence was. You know, free from the outside control of not depending on another's authority, that was our big issue. Oh, the glory days. I mean, we could just see and we could just count those days down to when we were an adult and we just didn't have to deal with any of this. Now, what adults know that kids don't know is that we do things that we don't want to do all the time. And as a kid, I just remember that. It's like, gosh, when I grow up, I'm not going to have to do anything I don't want to do. And as an adult, you realize we spend the majority of our time 
doing stuff that we have to do. And in fact, that's something that I, a saying that I had with my kids the whole time growing up. I told them, it's like, do what you have to do first that so you can do what you want to do later. And I mean, get your work done first and then you can play. And as adults, that's what we do, right? We work, we work hard, we get paid, we save our money so that then we can go do some things that we want to do. Now, as a kid, you dream about being free under the authority of, of the teachers and being under the thumb, so to speak, of all these adults around you the whole time. But as adults, we often replace those teachers as authority figures with bosses. So our craving for independence doesn't go away, though, as we age. And this is something that I, I just want, to, want you to think about this. In fact, when we survey business owners or those who are self-employed as adults, the majority of business owners report independences and having control and flexibility is far more important than how much money they're making. It's the primary reason why they started their business was to have more control over their destiny, not be under the control of a boss. Now, fast forward to those years when we retire, okay, remaining independent becomes one of the top priorities for, you know, top goals in retirement. But it's the second definition of independence that becomes so important. We aren't under the authority of a boss anymore. Our goal of staying independent now is depending not or not depending on other people for our livelihood and for our substance. So the overwhelming majority of people want to remain independent as they age. Now, to a lot of you, this may seem obvious, but I want to challenge you to what does that mean? What do you think remaining independent means as we age? It actually means different things to different people. It could be remaining you know, physically in shape, having the physical ability to do the things I want to do, or preserving mental capacity, having the right to choose, being able to make my own decisions, being independent enough to make my own decisions. Having money, of course, not depending on others for handouts. Having social resources at hand, friends, family, being part of a community, that's a big part of being independent. And lastly, aging in place, not being forced to go to a nursing home or an other facility. This is what somebody always talks about when they say, I want to age in place. They want to remain independent. They do not want to be forced to go live in a facility or have to give up their home in order to get through the day. And so that is a big part of remaining, you know, independent as we age when we move through retirement. And I'll tell you what, one of the biggest fears by far out there for people is just the fact that, you know what, what happens if I run out of money, then I lose control of my choices, I end up in a nursing home, and what is that going to mean? Well, that means that I'm not in control of my choices anymore. And so July 4th is coming right around the corner. We're going to talk about independence today. We're going to talk about some of the different things that we can do as we head into our retirement years and how planning and the proper planning with long-term care planning can help us remain independent in those years. But I'm looking at my clock here. Let me sneak in my first break real quick here. But when we come back, we'll continue the discussion. And let's just learn about how long-term care insurance planning can help you maintain your independence as you age. We'll be right back. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended healthcare situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free live webinar classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. Finding a secure investment in this financially volatile time seems tough, but crazy financial times also create smart opportunities. One of these smart opportunities is long-term care insurance from 525 Advisors. If you repositioned some of your savings and got three times your investment in long-term care coverage tax-free and got all your money back if you never used it, wouldn't you at least want to learn more about it? Well, you can. Join my friends from 525 Advisors for their next free long-term care planning live webinar. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up. You'll learn about smart ways to self-insure, including new plans with guaranteed leverage that turn every dollar into $3 of long-term care coverage tax-free with every dollar back if you never use it. Don't wait until you're older to get long-term care coverage. Look into this opportunity now from 525 Advisors, one that gives you a secure return. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up for the next free live webinar. That's 525longtermcare.com. 
The fact is most of us have known somebody who needed long-term care. That's when a person reaches a stage in life requiring somebody else to help with basic daily activities due to physical conditions or a cognitive disease. Now, most of the time, long-term care starts in the home, which allows the individual to stay in a familiar setting. The price for long-term care can be expensive, and it could go on for years. Financial experts suggest purchasing long-term care insurance before you retire. Why? Because 7 out of 10 65-year-olds will need some sort of long-term care in the future. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, now you know where to start with 525 Advisors. 525 Advisors, local experts specializing in long-term care insurance, and they have plans that are guaranteed to pay you back if you never make use of them. Protect yourself and your family members from the financial cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. All right, and we're back from our first break there. And uh, thanks again for everybody that's uh, tuning in. We're getting ready. We're, we're squeezing into the July 4th. Uh, it's coming up right around the corner here. The show uh, podcast is going to air on the radio stations on the 1st of July. And so I hope everybody has a nice, safe uh, fourth in store. Now, we do have a couple classes on our calendar. I want everybody to take a peek at that at our website at 525longtermcare.com. The first class is going to be Saturday the 15th. That's a morning class. The second class is going to be a Thursday afternoon, and that is the 20th of July. So 525longtermcare.com. And while you're there, go ahead and uh, you can download and subscribe to the podcast. So if you're new to long-term care radio and you're just catching this on the radio station and one of the markets we're in well you just uh, can always if you miss any of it you can go get the entire show on our podcast and we keep about a year's worth on there as well too so um back at it happy fourth of july uh week coming up here and i think in honor of the fourth of july we're talking about staying independent during our retirement years and in survey after survey when seniors report what's the biggest stress or the biggest fear they have as they enter into the retirement years what's the number one by far it happens to be running out of money. Well, that seems kind of captain obvious, right? But it's like, okay, running out of money, but what does that mean? What do people really, when we dig that onion back and say, well, explain why that's bad running out of money. It's like, well, what happens when we run out of money? We lose our independence. We have to rely on others for our livelihood and for subsistence. And that's exactly what we're trying to avoid, right? So one of the big things that we're going to talk about out there when we're making plans and we're moving into retirement is what is the number one reason why people go broke during their retirement years? Well, it's due to what they call, uh, you know, unpaid medical expenses. And what are unpaid medical expenses? Well, it's long-term care. Because remember, we have Medicare as we move into retirement at age 65. That's going to pay for our acute care. But it's the long-term care journey. It's those extended health care journeys that are not covered by Medicare or other government programs unless you're completely broke. And so that's part of the big problem out there is that people that end up filing bankruptcy in retirement, a lot of it is from unpaid medical expenses. Now, that being said, the vast majority of my clients are not going to end up on Medicaid. They're not going to run out of money even from an extended care situation, but there's other advantages to long-term care. And one of them is by having a proper long-term care plan, it allows us, it provides us a better advantage, a better way to stay independent as we age and go through our golden years. Now, long-term care planning helps us maintain our independence in our retirement years by doing a couple things really well. It does this by providing us the human resources as well as the financial resources we need if we enter into an extended care situation. So let's break this down. Let's talk about the human resources first. Sadly, in this country, 50% of Americans today who are in a long-term care situation rely on family members for 100% of their care needs. Think about that. Half of the people that are receiving long-term care services right now are relying solely on family members, no outside help whatsoever. Now, if we look at the entire population, again, from a different angle, Two out of three people that are receiving care rely on family member for at least part of those services. And so you will have like we we had an old colleague that picked her dad up and took him to an adult daycare every single day. 
And that was a perfect example. She'd go to work, she'd stop by and pick him up after work, take him home, and she was the caregiver the other 16 hours out of the day. So about two-thirds out of the people rely on their family members for at least part of their care. Now, the human toll for this is huge. And in, in fact, the government statistics put a cost on this. They, they look at lost production, lost wages, and they put this in the billions of dollars annually. People on family me- or people relying on family members for care means that somebody, some family members had to put their life on, on hold. They've had to step aside. They've had to step away from work or step back from work or quit work altogether to provide that care because they have to step into that role of being the caregiver. Now, the government measures this from a financial point of view, but there's also the human cost, the physical and the emotional side of it. And again, if we look at caregivers, caregivers suffer much more physical ailments than the general population. And emotionally, they suffer much higher rates of depression than the general population. So there's a financial cost, yes, but there's also a physical and emotional cost when a family member is giving up their life to step into that role of caregiver. Now, one of the most overlooked struggles in a long-term care situation by far is finding, implementing, and maintaining the right level of care. And so this is, you know, this is often left to a family member. I mean, something happens to mom or something happens to dad or they just get into that place and they start needing services. It's like, okay, well, who's stepping into that role? It's usually the kids trying to figure it out. You know, the person that needs the care is rarely trying to figure out and get their own plan of care taken care of. And so this is a, can be, you know, I can just really tell you, I can attest from my own experience, it is not easy to jump in, you know, and, and just figure this out. You don't just get on Google and find a caretaker and say, oh, I need somebody to come out to my mom tomorrow at two o'clock and you do that. It doesn't work that way. Long-term care situations are often complex. They require many people working together to meet the needs of that person that's in care. One of our greatest advantages by having a long-term care plan in place is that we get these group of humans. We get these human beings that actually have the skill set And it's a resource to us that's going to help us put that plan of care in place. And the people I'm talking about are claim specialists, they're case managers, they're care coordinators. And these are people, I mean, I tell everybody in my class, think of these people as your your travel guide. You, you, You show up to a foreign country, you don't speak the language, you've never been there before. And there at the airport is somebody with a holding up a card that has your name on it. And they speak your language. They speak the local language. They can tell you the good part of town, the bad part of town, the safe part of town, the good restaurants, the bad restaurants, the nice hotels, the bad hotels, the roads to stay off of, the best way to get around. I mean, they've been there. They live there. They know that community. And that's what happens when we have these long-term care plans. These insurance companies, some of them have just fantastic teams where they assign people to you and their whole goal is to help you through that transition of going from not needing care into receiving that care that you need, getting the plan of care that your doctors put together, put that in place and finding the right level of of care provided by the professionals on an ongoing basis. So these are people that are just really experienced at it. And when I talk about it like a case manager, that's going to be somebody that's going to come out there and they're going to understand the medical records. They're going to understand what the doctor is talking about. They're going to help put that plan of care in place. The care coordinators are going to coordinate the different services that you need. So maybe you need some physical therapy. Maybe you need some light housekeeping. Maybe you need some help with medication, whatever it is, the, the activities of daily living, the bathing, the dressing, the transferring, all those things. The coordinators are going to make sure you have the right people there because you don't need if you're, you know, the the physical therapist isn't going to go over there and do your laundry. That's not what they're there for. So that's what care coordinators come in there for. And then the claim specialists, these are people that are trained really, number one, in the billing process for Medicare because Medicare is your first payer of record for acute care. And oftentimes in long-term care events like my grandmother, you will be using your Medicare care until the day you die. And so oftentimes those claim specialists will be able to go in there and make sure that Medicare, you know, is paying for what they're supposed to, but then also make sure that the people providing that care are providing the care at the level that your doctor wants. So if they want four hours of physical therapy, make sure you're getting those four hours weekly until that changes on an ongoing basis. And so again, that's really where we have that team of support professionals behind you 
with these long-term care insurance plans so that the kids aren't sitting there or the family members aren't trying to figure this out to make sure that mom or dad are getting the right level of care. We have somebody that can help guide us on that. Now, the next thing that long-term care insurance does really well that will help you stay independent, and it's probably the number one thing that people worry about, it's, it's going to help you fund the high cost of that care. And I will just tell you that the financial advantage of long-term care insurance is it provides a dedicated, tax-free stream of income to pay for that care when it's needed. Now, by far, long-term care insurance is the most efficient way to pay for care. I was talking about this on a podcast a while back. It's no different than any other insurance. Homeowner's insurance, that's the most efficient way to rebuild your house. It's not your investments. It's not your cash under the mattress. It's that insurance policy that you have sitting in the filing cabinet. That's the most efficient way to do it. And long-term care is the same. And it's the most efficient because of two key words that I said in that last sentence, dedicated and tax-free. Let's start with dedicated. Many people assume that if they have enough money that they can just simply pay for the care that they need. And, and you know what? Quite frankly, they can. You, can. you can pay for that. If you've got plenty of money, you can pay for your care. That's not the problem. But what is often overlooked is the simple fact that the assets that you're using don't pay for care. The assets have to be converted to income because income is what pays for care. That meaning in order that if you get that bill from the home health care service, guess what? You don't give them a piece of Microsoft stock. You got to sell that Microsoft stock and guess what? You're going to pay taxes on that and then you're going to have the net amount of money to pay for the care. And so remember that assets don't pay for care. Income pays for care. And what happens when we do that? And we do that on an ongoing, regular basis. Well, number one, we pay unnecessary taxes because we're converting those assets to income. And so when we convert those assets to income, we pay income tax if it's a retirement account. So you might pay, you have to sell a dollar thirty or a dollar thirty-five worth of stock to net out that dollar because you got to pay Uncle Sam income tax. What if you're selling a stock portfolio or a piece of real estate? Well, now I got to pay capital gains. So now I got to sell a dollar twenty-five worth of stock or a dollar twenty-five worth of real estate to net out that dollar to pay that caregiver. And also, when we do that, we also pay a lot of hidden costs, like um, unnecessary fees and commissions, especially if it's like a real estate or you're, you know where there's something like title insurance and all these other things. So remember that you know when we convert that asset to income, we're paying unnecessary taxes. And also, I think what people often forget about this is when we sell stocks out of a retirement account, what does that do? It pushes up our income. And what happens when it pushes up our income? It pushes up our cost of Medicare. And what happens when we get to a certain level? We get over $250,000 and we sell stocks. Well, now we're paying a special Obama to capital gains tax of 3.8%. So it starts this snowball effect. And again, it's all coming from, yes, you have assets, but you've got to convert those assets to income to pay for that care in a time of need. And that's where long-term care insurance, by having a dedicated source of money that is tax-free, avoids that. You don't pay those unnecessary taxes because now I'm going to go over here and flip this switch and, oh, guess what? This 5000 or 8000 or $10,000 a month I'm taking out of this long-term care insurance policy is tax-free. It has zero effect on my taxes. It has zero effect on my cost of Medicare. It does not push me into a higher tax bracket. So having that dedicated source of money is just key. And I think a lot of people really need to understand that. And the nature of long-term care insurance is just that. It's, it's like any other insurance. The idea is that we get leverage, we get guarantees, and that money comes back to us tax-free. And so what does that do? It protects the rest of our assets. And so again, we're looking at how does it help us stay independent. Again, it protects our assets. It provides us with this team of professionals that are going to help us manage our care in a time of need. And it's going to help us be able to stay in control of those choices because now we have a dedicated source of money to pay for the care when we need it. And we also have a dedicated team of people that can help us with the complex decision-making process. They can help us with the paperwork. They can help us stay where we want to stay. And that's really the key. I'm looking at my clock here. I need to sneak in a quick break here for the news, but uh, stick around. When we come back at the bottom of the hour, I'm going to introduce you to Connor and Holly. This is our clients of the week, and I'm going to show you how we funded a joint plan, long-term care plan, using Connor's IRA which is also going to meet his upcoming required minimum distributions. I'll explain how all of it works as soon as I get back, and I'll be right back in a second. 
New asset-based programs protect your savings and your family and even pay you back if you never use them. Make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free live webinar classes at 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. All right, and uh, thanks again for tuning in. We are coming up on July 4th. You know, it's always um, it's always one of my favorite holidays, to be honest with you, because it's like the kids are out of school, and generally, as a general rule, like especially this year, it's on a Tuesday, which is nice. So I know a lot of people will probably be able to sneak Monday off, maybe Wednesday off, and so you get a nice big long weekend. And um, so I hope it works out for uh, all of you out there. You have a nice, safe uh, holiday. And I think the... Um, I think we're going to be, I'm going to be in Creed, Colorado, which is uh, where I have a little house and uh, they always have fireworks and hopefully they've been getting enough uh, rain this season that they can still do that because every once in a while it gets, um, they don't get enough rain and it's just the fire danger is too high, which is very common up there in those mountain towns. But I think um, this year I haven't heard, so I guess I'll find out when I get there, Um, but hopefully we'll get to see a little bit of fireworks for the, for the fourth. So if you're new to Long-Term Care Radio or the podcast, uh, we do a client of the week um, at the bottom of the hour. And again, it's just an idea for you to kind of wrap your mind around the different ways that you can set up a long-term care insurance plan. Back in the 70s when insurance came out, I mean, it was called nursing home insurance. And all it was was just a, it was, it was a gap. It was a gap filler for what Medicare didn't pay. And so you paid a premium. It was just like health insurance, like every other insurance. If you didn't use it, that was it. But today, the, you know, the tables have turned. Really what it is, it's not about nursing homes anymore. It's about staying independent. In fact, three out of four people that trigger a long-term care insurance policy do so in their own home. And that's where most people want to be. Or like we have a client right now that triggered a policy. She ended up in an assisted living facility. She went to the hospital first, assisted living, and now she's going through some physical therapy and transitioning back home. And that's where she wants to continue her journeys in her own home. So that's really where long-term care insurance has gone today. And so the idea of this client of the week is just to show you how we can design some different plans and different ways that we can fund them. And this week I've got Connor, who is 72 years old. He was when he took this plan out. Uh, Holly is 66 years old. They're both retired. They're parents of two. They're grandparents of three. And they came to us after hearing about some of these new plans. They had looked at long-term care planning in the back. In the past, they never got around to it. Connor, 72, everybody, all his advisors said, oh, you're way too old. You can't get long-term care insurance. But they had stumbled on our podcast and listened to a few of these episodes and reached out to us. And um, that's what that's how the whole process started. And their concerns were, you know, quite frankly, they were living it. Um, Holly's mother has dementia. She is going on her seventh year of care and is deteriorating very quickly. In fact, they just took, just within the last two months, they had to move her to a facility, a special memory clinic. And this is actually the third different facility that Holly's mom has been put in. Now, Holly's dad, and, like, and this is very common with married couples, Holly's dad was kind of covering for everybody, stepping up, taking care of things. And when Holly's dad passed away, suddenly it was all of a sudden they realized just how limited their mother was. Dad was taking care of the finances. He was running the house, paying all the bills, getting most of the grocery shopping and stuff like that done. And once dad was out of the picture, they realized mom just didn't have the capacity to be on her own and to do what she needed to do. So that got her moved into an independent living facility. That's where they started. Well, then she deteriorated from there because independent is like, yeah, you're living independent. There's some people in the community that can help you. But once you start needing regular ongoing care, that's where you have to go to assisted living. So she went to an assisted living facility. Well, guess what? After a few years there, then what happened is the the assisted living facility said, look, you know, they're telling Holly and Holly's sister, your mother is pat, her needs are past our level of care. We cannot take care of her anymore. And this is very common in, in you know, a lot of these assisted living facilities are not set up to deal with severe cases of Alzheimer's or cognitive impairment. So they ended up having to find a third facility that would take care of her. So between home and dad taking care of her and having a stint in independent living, a stint in assisted living, 
Now she's in a memory clinic and she's deteriorating very quickly. So Holly and her sister have been living this. Holly said, gosh, I do not want my kids to go through what I'm going through with my sister. I just want to avoid that at all costs. That was frankly their main concern. Um, Holly and Connor wanted to avoid you know, becoming a burden on their kids or their grandkids. They also worried about spending down their, their assets. They said, look, you know, we've worked hard for this. We have a nice nest egg. We'd rather do other things like pay for colleges and pass some of our money on to charity and to our family. We don't want to just blow through it. And this was something, again, because Holly's, you know, her mom, when her mom and dad were alive, they just thought they didn't have to worry about it. They had plenty of assets. Well, they burned through most of the assets. They are now selling the house because if Holly's mom spends any time at all in this memory clinic, they're going to burn through all of her assets and have to use the money from the house at this point as well, too. And both of them were very surprised at just how fast that added up over again. You know, but again, long-term care is in the name long. It seems like five years, six years, seven years. I'll tell you what, when you're spinning out you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year or more, it can add up very quickly. And that's what they saw firsthand. Holly also realized you know, just how complicated and how time-consuming her mother's journey has been for both her and her sister. They said they're just buried in paperwork constant calls, managing her mom's situation. And again, this is what a lot of people forget is like, especially when you're in an independent living facility and you need something, you know, mom's having a problem with the remote control again. It's like, how many phone calls a day are they going to get for that? And so they really were, you know, again, eyes wide open on this. They said, boy, this took a lot of time. And then every time she had to go to the doctor, we were trying to figure out what was going to be paid for. What did we have to pay for out of pocket? And it was just a lot, a lot of stress and a lot of paperwork that her and her sister were dealing with. When we sat down and started the conversation with uh, Connor and Holly, this is kind of what we found out about them, that Holly was in good shape. The only only medication she took was uh, for blood pressure, and she had a thyroid medication, and that was it. So neither one of those were a big issue at all. Connor uh, was on a stat, and he had a pacemaker put in six years ago, but was doing very well and was very stable, had no other procedures followed up after that. So he was a, he was eligible for insurance as well, too. They owned their home. They owned a second home that they used on a regular basis with their family. Connor had a pension. Holly also had a pension. She was a, she was a teacher, so she had a teacher's pension. Both had Social Security, and quite frankly, they were living off of their income. Their Social Security and their pensions was more than they needed to cover all their bills. So that's really what they were living on. Connor also had a sizable IRA that he had not dipped into yet. Um, they had been converting some of this money over the years to Roth IRA so that they could you know, pay the tax on it now and then get it into a Roth and not be subject to the required minimum distribution. So they've been doing that. They also had some cash savings. And they planned on staying in their home. And they actually had already taken steps to remodel their home and make it just a little bit more um, convenient and a little bit easier to move around in. So it's just a better environment for them to age in. So they had done that. And I will tell you, if you want to age in place, that's a great thing to start thinking about, especially if your bedroom's upstairs and you got narrow hallways and steps out of the garage and things like that. Just start addressing some of those things. What they wanted from their plan is they wanted a dedicated source of money to pay for care. Uh, Connor did not want to guess on how much money they needed to set aside. And what I mean by that is if you're self-insuring, so I say, hey, I'm just going to self-fund. I've got plenty of money. It's like, well, how much money are you setting aside? And where are you setting that money aside? Because, again, it's got to be liquid. You're going to need it. And are you going to have it at risk? Can it go down in value? Most people say, well, no, I don't want it to go down in value. So they put it in savings. They don't get a lot of return on it. But how much do you need to set aside? And Connor said, I don't want to guess on that. I want a dedicated source of money and know that there's a, a, a revenue stream coming in. Like they both had pension and they both had Social Security. So they knew they had that money coming in. They wanted long-term care on top of that same way, something dedicated that they knew would come in. Um, Connor did not, um, or, or I'm sorry, back up here. They did, they, they, their income again was, was good. So they were looking for what I would say a supplemental policy, something that would supplement them over time. So again, again, social security pension, that's always going to be there until one of them passes away. And then that money's going to go down. So for instance, if Connor passed away, the total income would drop by about 40%. And so what he's worried about is said, okay, so if, if I pass away first, Holly's income drops down by 40%. I want to make sure that she can still maintain the house, the utilities, the taxes, all those things, have a quality of life, and then have a supplement on top of that should she need care. So that was kind of what they were thinking. They didn't want to have to worry about just 
burning through their savings and wondering how long that would last. Um, they loved the idea of having a plan that pays them back. This was something that was very important to them, the asset-based plan. So again, they don't use the plan. They get paid back. Holly wanted the claim support. She's heard us talk about this. And so companies call it different levels. They offer different levels. Some have a concierge level claim support where they assign somebody to you. She thought that sounded really good because again, she's living it. Her and her sister trying to constantly figure this out, taking phone calls every day from the facilities. And she said, man, I just, I want somebody to help us out so I don't have to pass that burden on to my kids. Um, they also wanted to avoid payments. So they're looking at long-term care planning. And one of the things that really attracted them to us and, and they came looking at us is they had gone through our webinar. They saw several of the examples. They liked the idea of just repositioning some of their assets. They had assets. They said, what if we just reposition this? We get the leverage. We don't have payments. We don't have to worry about ongoing payments. And we get our money back if we don't use it. That's what they were thinking. And lastly, you know, they both agreed. It's like, you know what? Tell us about the companies. We want a good company. Otherwise, we want to make sure that that company is going to be there and they're going to provide the services that we're signing up for. And again, I'm glad that they asked that. You know, they, they, a lot of people used to just go out there and buy long-term care insurance and they just buy the cheapest policy and they never did any research on the company. And you want to make sure the company you're going to, you know, put your money with is going to be there when you need it. And also, how are they going to treat you when you need it? How, what's their claim support? What do they do? Do they manage their own claims or do they factor it out to a third party? So this is something I, you know, I get excited when people ask that because it is very important. Um, let's back off here. Now, what did we do for him? First off, I want you to understand that Connor is now 73. He was 72 when he took this policy out. So in as the, by the time this podcast airs, he is 73 years old. And so what does that mean? That means that he's got to start pulling money out of his required or his retirement account. And it's called required minimum distributions. So again, this used to be the, the year you turned 70 and a half. Well, now it's because of the Secure Act, they've bumped it up to 73. Another 10 years is going to be bumped up to age 75. So that means you can delay taking money out of the retirement accounts. But once you hit 73 right now, Connor has to start taking money out based on minimums set by the IRS. And so you can go Google an RMD calculator. The government has a nice one, and you put in how much money you have at the year end of your retirement account, and you plug in your age, and it tells you exactly how much you have to pull out. And for Connor, I tell you what, it was sixty-two, a little over $62,000 that he has to pull out this year. And it doesn't matter whether you need the money or not. The IRS doesn't care about that. You don't say, well, I don't need this money. I have Social Security. I have my pension. I'm living off of that. They're like, nope, you're 73. You have to pull that money out. And when you pull that money out, it's claimed as income. So you pay income tax on it, not capital gains. You have to pay income tax on this. Now, what we ended up doing is we ended up looking at this. And I said, hey, you know, one of our most popular plans is using retirement accounts to fund a long-term care plan. And there's several advantages to this. And one is we can spread the taxes out over that money you take out over 10 years. And another advantage is this gives you more insurance up front because the insurance company is treating it as a lump sum. You're just walking in, you're giving them a big lump sum of money, and that's gonna give you the most leverage, meaning the most insurance for the dollar. But what they do is they spread the taxes out. So they break that into 10 distinct payments, one a year. And that money then shows as a required minimum distribution. It counts as required minimum distribution. It shows as a distribution. So you get a 1099R each year for 10 years. So this was exactly what we looked at. And this is what we ended up doing for, um, for Holly and Connor because he's got all this money sitting in an IRA account. He's got to start pulling it out. He does not need that money. I said, well... Why don't we just reposition it into an insurance plan and the money's going to come back to the estate tax-free either way? And I'll explain that in just a second. So here's what we did for him. We took a single deposit. Now, it's just a, it's considered a rollover. So think you have a, a, an account with Schwab. You're going to roll money over to Fidelity. So it's in an IRA with Schwab. You're going to roll a little bit of money over to Fidelity. It's still a retirement account. So that's the way the IRS looks at it. They don't look at that as a withdrawal. They just look at that as a rollover. I'm moving it from one custodian to another. So that's what we do. We take $400,000 out of his retirement account. We roll it over to the insurance company. They put it into an IRA account in the background. What does that do for him? That $400,000 will provide each of them with $102,000 a year of long-term care insurance. It's actually $10,005, so $102,060 a year per person. So again, if they're both on claim, they're pulling out $204,000 a year 
tax-free out of this long-term care policy for the rest of their life. 400 goes in, they can pull out up to 200 and $4,000 every single year for as long as they need it, for as long as they, they, they live. They'll each get 102000 If they don't use the plan, remember, they deposited $400,000, $500,250 comes back. So a little over $100,000 more is paid back to the estate. But should that happen, they're paid back tax-free. Now, I'm going to tell you that $500,000, that's considered a death benefit by the IRS. So if they use less than that in long-term care, they use $100,000, $400,000 is still paid back to the estate. But that $500,250, that $500,000 is the minimum, and that's going to start eight years down the road. If they pass away within the first eight years, they actually get more money back. And what I mean by more is year one, 853000 Year two, 806000 Year three, 759000 Now, if you're paid attention, you're saying, well, wait a second. They only put 400000 in. How come they're getting seven hundred back? Well, they get that death benefit of 500000 That starts at year one, day one. But they also get the IRA money. Because remember, we rolled that money into an IRA in the background with the insurance company. That money still is going to come back to them. So it's just a really, this is why it makes this one of our most popular plans by far, especially for people that are having to take required minimum distributions. Now, each year they're going to get a 1099-R. That 1099-R is for $50,000. So that's the amount of money that the IRS is going to see them pull out. Now, if you do the math on that, you say, well, 50,000 times 10 is 500, Brian. They only gave them 400. What's going on there? Well, the insurance company is guaranteeing them an interest right now. It's about 4.4%. So that $400,000 is guaranteed to buy them the $500,000 of insurance. So that $400,000 will make 10 payments of $50,000 into their plan. That's what the IRS sees. And every year, that $50,000, that counts towards the required minimum distribution that Connor's got to take out of his IRA account. Now, what did I say? It was a little over $62,000. So what does he have to do now? He's going to have 50000 coming out every year. He calculates his RMD on his total, that, so the money he gave the insurance company that's left there and what he's got in his account, his IRA account, with his current custodian. He figures up his RMD, and so let's say next year it's 65000 he has to pull out. Well, he's already pulling out fifty, so that means he'd only have to pull out 15000 out of the other. And we actually structured it this way. You might be looking at the numbers saying, well, how do you come up with $10,005 a month of long-term care? It's because we just went to 400000 to generate a 1099 for fifty, because that $50,000 doesn't have any taxes withheld on it. So what he's going to do is he'll pull out enough money out of, he's got to pull out a little bit more money anyway. He's got to pull out 62000 this year. So he'll be able to pull some extra money out over the years and pay the taxes that are owed on that. So that is part of the reason why we just kind of worked backwards for them. But as a general rule, what we're doing is we're saying, hey, we're going to take a lump sum, we're going to roll it over, we're going to spread those taxes out over 10 years, and every year that $50,000 counts towards money that he has to take out anyway. It does not change his his taxes at all, because if he doesn't set up this insurance plan, he still has to pull out $62,000 out of his existing IRA. By setting up this insurance plan, he only has to pull out 12000 this year out of its existing IRA because the 400 he gave him, 50000 is going to come out of that every year for the next 10 years. So that's how that works. Other features about this plan, again, lifetime benefits for two people, $20,000 of caregiver training benefit, $20,000 for medical equipment and home improvement. They've got coverage in all 50 states, coverage in Canada. They've got coverage abroad. They're going to be able to use $500,000 abroad if they are you know, in a foreign country at $5,000 a month instead of ten. There's a little bit of difference there, but they do have coverage abroad. They have concierge claim support, meaning they have an assigned consultant to them that it's at the insurance company so their family can access that one person over and over again for questions. They have zero-day waiting for home and community care. So, folks, I'm looking at my clock. Let me sneak in my final break, but stick around. When we come back, we'll wrap up um, a little bit more about, you know, aging in place, how these plans help, and I'm going to finish up our client of the week. I'll be right back. Avoid the mistake of paying unnecessary taxes, guarantee the quality of your care, and preserve your legacy and wealth by setting up your own tax-free long-term care plan. Learn more by attending Brian's free live webinar class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 
Finding a secure investment in this financially volatile time seems tough, but crazy financial times also create smart opportunities. One of these smart opportunities is long-term care insurance from 525 Advisors. If you repositioned some of your savings and got three times your investment in long-term care coverage tax-free and got all your money back if you never used it, wouldn't you at least want to learn more about it? Well, you can. Join my friends from 525 Advisors for their next free long-term care planning live webinar. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up. You'll learn about smart ways to self-insure, including new plans with guaranteed leverage that turn every dollar into $3 of long-term care coverage tax-free with every dollar back if you never use it. Don't wait until you're older to get long-term care coverage. Look into this opportunity now from 525 Advisors, one that gives you a secure return. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up for the next free live webinar. That's 525longtermcare.com. Hi, this is Brian Ott with 525 Advisors. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to protect many people and their families with long-term care planning. However, I've also seen how long-term care events devastate families and turn the last years for the family into their worst years. Many people believe the downside from a long-term care situation is limited to financial loss. Yet often, it's the emotional damage that lingers and hurts the family members the most. Watching a loved one go through their savings is one thing, but watching a loved one lose their dignity is far worse. Long-term care insurance provides a dedicated source of funds to help pay for your care when you need it. But more importantly, it provides you with a team of trained professionals that will help you and your family manage your care. Learn how you can stay in control of your care options, maintain your dignity, and protect the people you care about most by attending one of our upcoming live webinars. Sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, Certified Long-Term Care Planning Specialist with 525 Advisors. All right, and welcome back to uh, the Long-Term Care Radio podcast. You know, this client of the week, I always get excited on him. And boy, I know on the radio, I don't want you to try to focus on the numbers. I want you more to take a 10,000-foot view on like what we're really doing. That Hey, yes, there is a way to fund an asset-based long-term care plan using retirement account, spread the taxes out over 10 years, and oh, actually, that money that's coming out every year will count towards required minimum distribution. So it's putting money to work that you have to pull out and pay taxes on anyway. And really, what is it doing for them? When you think about this, we're taking money that's always taxable, IRA money, and we're converting it to money that is never taxable. Long-term care insurance is not taxable. That death benefit, if they don't use the plan, is not taxable. So that's really one of the biggest advantages. And when you think of what these people do when they set up a plan like that, they have immediate coverage. They can pay for care in home. They can pay for care in a facility. They have a peace of mind. They're going to protect their estate. They're not going to become a burden on their kids. And it guarantees more money back tax-free than they put into their plan. And oh, by the way, should you need long-term care, you can pull out over $100,000 a year every single year tax-free for as long as you need it, and so can your spouse. That's what these plans do. They give us that immediate leverage. And again, access to that team of professionals helps us stay in place. And again, aging in place. Think if Holly's mom would have had one of these long-term care insurance policies. Number one, she probably would have been able to stay in place for a lot longer, like in her own home, because her dad would not have been saddled with trying to do all of the work by himself. And especially this older generation, they're not going to go out. That's why everybody says, oh, I have enough money. It's like, well, Holly was, you know, she was telling a great example. She said, my mom and dad, my mom was demented, obviously. And my dad didn't go out and bring help in. He just picked up the slack. That's what you do. And where if they had an insurance policy they could have turned on, they could have brought somebody in for three or four hours and gave dad a respite. Maybe that would have allowed mom to stay at home a little bit longer. Father wouldn't have worn himself out as quickly. But guess what? It also would have been probably a much better, smoother transition because remember those insurance policies when I talk about a case manager? You get assessed on a regular basis. A uh, regular period when you have long-term care insurance because a lot of time you don't just go in and I need help with these two ADLs and that's it. It's like, guess what? You need help with two activities of daily living. Now maybe it's three and then maybe pretty soon it's three ADLs and it's medication management and your medication regimen has increased. 
And so what happens when we're constantly looking at these case managers and these care coordinators and they're assessing you and they're helping you and they're making sure you get the care you need, they would be able to look at someone like Holly's mom and say, look, okay, her dementia is getting worse. I think that, you know, dad's gone now, dad's passed away. Instead of moving her in, try to move her into an independent living, let's move her into a facility that specializes in dealing with cognitive impairment. And maybe Holly would have only just, her mom would have just had that one move from home to the right facility. And so that's another big advantage that you can get when you have these long-term care insurance plans with the right companies. You have that team of professionals. And again, you can choose whatever you want. It's not like health insurance where they say you have to stay within these providers. The idea with that team of professionals is let's assess the situation. Let's find out our options and help you figure out what the best option is for you. And again, a lot of people, when we're going back to staying independent, a lot of people don't want that help. That's always, you know, that's the human nature. They want to stay in their home, but they don't want somebody in their home to get that help. And so that's where having a team of professionals that can come in and talk to the family and find different ways to maybe present the information to the loved ones that need that care makes it a little bit easier and a little bit smoother. And so it's just something that, you know, we deal with day to day um, with our clients is that we just know that we have their back. They've got access to people that have been there that understand the situation where your family, this might be their first time. So, hey, you've burned another hour with me. Again, I appreciate the interest. I hope everybody has a wonderful 4th of July. I'm going to get to work. I'll put together another show for next week, and uh, we'll be back. We'll see you then. You've been listening to Long-Term Care Radio with certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at 525longtermcare.com and learn about all the long-term care planning options available. If you have questions for Brian or would like information about any of his upcoming long-term care webinars, go to 525longtermcare.com. Be sure to join us next weekend for another edition of Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. For information, show schedules, and podcasts, go to 525longtermcare.com. Do you know that 7 out of 10 people past the age of 65 need at some point some sort of long-term care? That's 70%. Now, many of us think it could never happen to us or somebody else is going to be there to take care of us, but the facts are clear. Most of us will need to pay for help in the future. And not only is that help expensive, but it puts a burden on family members as well. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, start today with 525 Advisors. Recent changes to the Pension Protection Act have made new programs more advantageous than ever. How would you like to get your premiums back if you never use your long-term care insurance? Well, you can. How would you like to leverage some of your savings for increased coverage using tax-free dollars? Now you can. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. Protect yourself and your family members from the high cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com.